Welcome to episode six of the Oh Hey There podcast. I am your host, Javier Vega, and with, uh, here with me, as always, is my guy, Leo Luna. Famous Leo Luna. He's been all over the radio. San Francisco Stop Giants it. content. Uh, he's at joint practices in L.A. for the Chargers and the Niners. Leo, how was your week? Pretty successful because you went viral on the Jimmy Garoppolo interception. Oh, yeah. You're famous. You know, I'm not fam- I'm not famous. Not until Twitter, you know. I wake up one day and Twitter gives me that blue check mark. Then, then I'll be like, mm. okay, I'm that dude. But in, until then, I am the furthest from it. I still go out there and you know pick my own groceries. I'm not at the Instacart level yet. Um, <laughs> you, you know that's that's the goal is to at least you know start ordering Instacart. And but right now I'm at, I'm at the moment to where I don't want to pay five dollars for every delivery fee when I could just get off my own couch and do it. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, it was a great week. Went out there, saw the joint practices, which was, it was by far a more accurate assessment than the game itself. The game itself, you know, it's just, it, it's kind of, it's kind of just like a party. Like you, you just, you you already saw everything. And then now it's just like, okay, yeah, like I, I saw all this, but at a more competitive level, I guess you can say, because you don't necessarily see fights going as much as you do in games compared to joint practices. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Ward and DeAndre Hopkins could attest to that. So, you know, it was just a overall outstanding week. Definitely honored to be in a position to where I can say, hey, I saw joint practices and a game um, because I know many people like yourself are probably a little more deserving than I would be. Right. Mm hmm. Um, hey, you you can't hype me I up. Try to get off. I try to not to hype you up. Come on. I try to get off and get out there. I couldn't get out there. It is what it is. Um, this is the O'Hare the podcast brought to you by Niners Nation Podcast Network. Make sure you follow everything at the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Follow our guy Rob Stats Guerrero and everyone else over there at Niners Nation. 49ers did win their preseason game week two, 15 to ten over the L.A. Chargers. Still really weird to say L.A. Chargers. It should probably be a San Diego team based off of what we saw yesterday in a preseason game. There was a lot more red than there was baby blue in that stadium. Oh, my gosh. Yes, um, yes, yes. 49ers fans travel well, and mm-hmm. they've been itching to get back in the stadium. Leo, you you got to go back to the game. You got to go to the game. So, you know, yeah. COVID has been a pain in the butt for everybody. How was that to go actually get back? I know you've been to a bunch of baseball games, but what was that feeling like to get back into a football stadium? It was it was very similar. So if anyone listening been to a baseball game, uh, the football game was very similar. You thought it would be more hectic considering that a football stadium holds 60,000 and a baseball holds about 35. But it, it, it seemed to be a little more soother process than what I've seen with the baseball stadium. That stadium itself was kind of a hellhole to, to park and then it was a hellhole to get in. But once you're there, that stadium's absolutely beautiful i did see a lot of people wearing their mask which is always you know key whether even if even if you are vaccinated like myself uh you know oh wait i just you know i just did a hipaa violation i'm kidding i'm not Dak prescott uh (laughs) but yeah it's uh it was good it was like it didn't feel awkward it didn't feel weird it just it felt normal to be out there at a at a football game felt felt like 2019 vibes i got out there and you know got to say what's up and talk to my guy 49er Carlos who's probably going to be listening to this. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Carlos. Consistent listener. Hopefully yes. this will be week 6. This will be week 6 hopefully <laughs> for him. Um the 49ers do win 15 to 10 and what comes out of this game is more of the same from the quarterbacks. Maybe okay, maybe not more of the same. More of the same from one quarterback and improvements from the other. 
So let's get into the quarterbacks. This is what really everything has been hinged upon. Everything is hanging. The season hangs in the balance because of the quarterback position, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo uh, starts the game as expected. 15-play drive, ends in an interception. Jimmy Garoppolo was 3 of 6 for 15 yards, one interception, and a quarterback rating of 16.7. This goes back to what we talked about last week, more vanilla Jimmy. And I got the film, game film, late this evening. So I'm, I'm, it's, while we're talking, I'm watching. And it's a lot of the same stuff you would expect from this offense with Jimmy Garoppolo running it. A lot of stuff in the middle of the field, short, make it quick, easy for him to get through them. The frustrating part is Jimmy Garoppolo does not look comfortable at all. Does not look poised. He doesn't look comfortable. And he's playing against a lot of backups because there wasn't a lot of starters on the defense for the Chargers to start this game. It doesn't make sense to me why he looks so uncomfortable. Did you notice that during the practices as well? That he wasn't comfortable in the pocket or he wasn't comfortable, period? I, I've came to the conclusion to where it, this is not the same Jimmy Garoppolo we saw in 2017 when he first came. It's not the same Jimmy Garoppolo we saw in 2019. There's a lot of pressure on his back. And with a guy like Trey Lance, you're the team, you're supposed to be the franchise quarterback, just literally mortgage the future and kind of pushing you out the door at the same time. He just doesn't look confident. He just looks like he's going through the motions. And uh, I guess a comparison I can use is, say, Carson Wentz, his, his final years with the Philadelphia Eagles to where it just he just looked like a guy that was not excited to be playing football and right now Jimmy Garoppolo looks like a guy that's not excited to be playing football yeah he's saying all the right things in the press conference but there's a difference compared to when you have that mask on and then you take that mask off and with Jimmy Garoppolo with the media he does a great job putting on that mask but watching him play football looks like that mask is off and he, he may be overthinking the process and and that's kind of affecting his gameplay. He he just – and I saw a third quarterback as well, which was Justin Herbert. Seeing Justin Herbert compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, it, it's just, you know, not, not even a close comparison. They don't belong in the same sentence. In that matter, they don't even belong in the same paragraph. Uh, watching those two play live, up close, front, in a practice – um, seeing yeah. how they go through things and you know drills and all that stuff, it's it's just time for Jimmy Garoppolo. If he does start, I do believe they'll win games. It's going to be very very vanilla. Something I told you is I compare it to an ice cream sandwich with with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have that ice cream sandwich, but it's going to be straight vanilla. With Trey Lance, you're going to have that same ice cream sandwich, yet it's going to be Neapolitan to where. Uh, Trey Lance gives you the strawberry. Say the strawberry is his dual threat uh, ability as a quarterback. That's his strawberry. The vanilla is what Kyle draws up for you. Same thing he did for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then same thing he did for Nick Mullins and and C.J. Beathard, but at a smaller scale than what they accomplished uh, compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. And then the chocolate for Trey Lance is you know his deep ball uh, awareness, his wanting to throw it past the sticks and. PFF actually came out saying Trey Lance has been the most accurate rookie QB when targeting past the sticks this preseason at 64.3%. We're not talking about 59%. We're not talking about 
57%. We're talking about 64.3. And for a lot of quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that are throwing past the sticks, 64.3 would be a really, really solid, solid completion percentage. Granted, Jimmy Garoppolo's, you know, 2019 season, it was at 69.1. But yet a lot of those intended air yards weren't very deep. So there are a lot of the Jimmy gimmies that Kyle draws up with, with Trey Lance, that stat beyond the stick, 64.3. That's not far off from being a 69.1. Um, and that's just on passes beyond the sticks. This this kid is just, you know, he's the whole Neapolitan ice cream sandwich compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. And like I said, I won't be mad. I'm not going to be one of those guys that are just mad if Jimmy Garoppolo starting. You said this last week. Yeah, I'm all about what, what it says on the chest of that jersey, which is 49ers. And if Kyle Shanahan decides to go out there with Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, it is what it is. Um, I, I know eventually we're going to have to turn that pillow over. Jimmy Garoppolo knows we're going to have to turn that pillow over. And I think that's where his confidence, the lack of confidence is coming from. Yeah. It was clear to me that he, he just, he was just lacking it, um, in the watching the game live. And then of course, well, I didn't get to watch it live. I rewatched it late last night. And then now running through the tape, you know, I'm on the fourth play of the first drive. Oh, the what? Jimmy, on the tape. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the fourth Famous play guy. of the first drive. You know, typical. You know, standard, standard stuff from Kyle Shanahan. This, this, I don't understand why in year eight Jimmy Garoppolo still sails so many passes. It's always high, late, or behind. You know, he has plenty of time to throw this ball, to set his feet, be accurate, and I think they said it on the TV copy. I for, I, I think it was Dan Fouts. He's like, Jimmy Garoppolo's not very accurate. He has a high completion percentage, but he's not very accurate. He said it, Dan Fouts. And I was just like, yeah, you can have a high completion percentage because you just said it. The Jimmy Gimmies. I like that. That's a really cool saying. That's like, we should put that on a t-shirt. The Jimmy I think Gimmies Grant Cohn said that. I think Grant Cohn oh, said okay. that. I think that's where I got it from. It's not a Leo original. Okay. But even still, it's, that's that's a legit analysis here there's a lot of gimme throws that Kyle does up the first pass that Jimmy Garoppolo completes it's right in front of his face to Kyle Juszczyk the second pass attempt is probably a 15 yard pass downfield it's late it's high and it's nearly picked off which is typical what we see from Jimmy Garoppolo even in 2019 when he wins the Super Bowl you have these issues and the defense can bail you out um you know three of six for 15 yards that's just that's not going to do it you know the the whole notion of Kyle Shanahan after the game not announcing a starter, you know, I don't think Jimmy's done anything to shut the door or lock the door for Lance. Mm-hmm. But if he closed the door, like say Kyle closed the door, there's the lock is not on. Trey Lance could definitely walk through that door after the, after yesterday's performance. Where did this all come from, right? I thought there was no quarterback competition. There was no quarterback competition. This was Jimmy's team. Yet we're, we can't announce a week one starter. That seems kind of odd to, you know what, Javi, that sounds like very, very similar to a quarterback competition. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. It's okay, okay Kyle. Yeah. Just admit you have a competition. Now you can say it because the world has seen your other quarterback and yeah, they know and, you see. And, and you using that, that door comparison, it, it's fitting because Kyle Shanahan says, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, go in this room. That room is QB1. Once you're in that room, do everything you can to lock the door. Jimmy Garoppolo gets in the room, and he just sits on the couch. 
doors unlocked. And all Trey Lance has to do is just find out which door it is to open. Uh, we're just going to say there's 20 houses or 20 yeah. doors, you know, in that house. Eventually, Trey's going to find which door that is, whether it's, say, week one this year, week eight, week 10, or week one next year. Eventually, Trey's going to find that door. We all know, you know, it's going to happen. And all Trey has to do is just turn the knob and walk in because, as you said, Jimmy hasn't locked it. Jimmy hasn't yeah. locked it, and, and Trey's progression is, is going to get him there. And and Jimmy hasn't locked it because from what I see in the joint practices with the Chargers, very tentative, um, very unsure to go with the ball. There There is very inaccurate balls, interceptions. Uh, those high balls tend to lead to, to interceptions because all it is is just – you know, it's the tip drill. Anyone that's it's played football goes. understands what a tip drill is. Every defensive back uh, drill, they do it every single practice. It's just, you know, you go through a line, hit a ball up in the air like it's a volleyball, and, you know, the guy's going to come in behind you and, and save the day for an interception. And that's what I've seen in practice, and, hell, that's what I've seen in the game. And with Trey Lance, it's this is Jimmy Garoppolo's, what, fourth offseason with the team? He, he played football last year. He played football the year before that, a full season the year before that, where Trey Lance, a lot of the narrative is, oh, he didn't play football last year. He he has to learn a new system and all that stuff. So if we're, like, knocking Trey Lance for, say, oh, he's, he's inaccurate, you know, on that 15-yard dig to begin the quarter, well, hell, you're the same people saying he hasn't played football in forever and you just want him to go out there in an NFL preseason game and had a 15-yard mm-hmm. dig in his – first third down possession in the game like and how i want to ask this question to you how does he get better at a 15 yard dig on a third down how does trey lance get better does he get better from from holding the clipboard or like how does that happen how does he get better on that because it doesn't seem like it's a like a learning the playbook get better Mm -hmm. type of thing so how does trey lance get better at that he's got to take snaps he has to get live reps whether it be taking all the live reps in this week's preseason game against the Raiders. Or Kyle rips the band-aid off and says, hey, Trey, you're my starter week one. We're going to deal with the lumps. I'm good enough as a play caller to mask your deficiencies, and we're going to win games because we're going to be able to run the ball, right? You'll be able to run the ball. We're going to ask you to throw the ball 25 times or less, and we can make this work. And as you grow, I'm going to grow as a coach. Listen, Kyle got that humongous extension. Where's he getting paid? Eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. Yeah, this is what you get paid for, Kyle. You took this kid, ripped the bandit off, play him, because that's the only way he's going to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this is where listening to folks who've been in this position make a ton of sense. Folks who have, who are dual threat quarterbacks or former dual threat quarterbacks for this franchise make a lot of sense. So I want to bring up this clip from Steve Young. I think it was Friday he spoke on uh, NFL Countdown on ESPN. Real quick, let's get to Steve. You can see the game's college, right? And you can see these guys come on. Like when Trey Lance got on the field the other night, like, wow. When Justin yeah. Fields is on the ball, wow. So the transition's so much easier than it ever was or ever could be for these young college players coming into the pros. Get them on the field more than ever. If there's even a close if it's a close call at all, at all, go with these dynamic young players. They can get you all those yards that Brandy just told you about, and they'll grow into the job. And think, think about the best place in the league to be, obviously with the defense of Chicago, but you have a Super Bowl-ready team with Trey Lance. 
I mean, Trey Lance is, get him on the, I mean, this team is going to the Super Bowl. This is the guy that they gave up, what, five times in history that teams have given up three first-round draft choices ever. How could you be speak more loudly that you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo than to do that? So, I mean, of all things, Trey Lance, he's got the best spot to, to land in, no question. Steve Spitten. <laughs> he's Spitten. This, this MF this is, is Spitten. Yeah, and this is, this is where I've said it on my fourth and goal podcast. I've said it all over Twitter. This is what the Niners had to do. They had to reset the window with a rookie quarterback. You have a roster loaded with expensive players, and now you have a rookie contract on, with the quarterback, and you have a talented quarterback. So let's get to Trey, right? Trey comes in, finishes the night 8 of 14, 102, two touchdowns, one interception, an 89.9 rating, 32 snaps in all for Trey. And the difference between Trey and Jimmy, Trey looks poised. He looks prepared. He looks like whatever, throw it at me, right? Our guy Rob Stats Guerrero had an interview with Sean Salisbury last week. And Sean Salisbury had a really good point on that podcast. He said, all the great coaches put their quarterbacks under duress, right? And they see how they respond. Trey's been getting his ass kicked behind the second offensive line in practice and games. Trey keeps getting up, keeps getting up, slinging it, getting up, running around, getting up, just showing that he's poised. He's ready to go. He's prepared. And it showed last night. Yeah. He struggled the first two, three drives, but once he settled in, what did he finish? Seven of nine, two touchdowns. Like, what are we doing here, Kyle? You have to play this kid. You might as well rip the bandit off. Let's go. Yeah, he he's shown time in and time out. Uh, er, everyone praises Jimmy, saying, oh, he comes back great after he throws an interception. Um, but how about Trey Lance? How about Trey Lance? This is the first preseason game against the Chiefs. Uh, he had a drop pass by Brandon Ayuk. And then he got sacked. Those were the two times, you know, he, he you know, backpedaled and, you know, into a passing situation, didn't hand it off. Very next series comes out there, first play, throws an 80-yard touchdown pass to Trent Sherfield. This game, the first two series were just, like, god-awful. God-awful. And then his bounce-back series was in a two-minute drill. A two-minute drill with less than two minutes on the clock. Six plays, 75 yards in 45 seconds. 45 seconds. That's the difference with Trey Lance because he could throw it out there to Trent Sherfield without having to rely on Trent Sherfield to get yards after the catch. I really don't mean to sound like if I'm like bashing Jimmy Garoppolo in this recording. I'm just stating the obvious that all of you see. And since I was at the practice, I you know, I saw it under a microscope even more. And during that practice, Trent Sherfield, he looks poised and confident even when Trey he is Sherfield. out there. Lance? Lance, Lance. Did I just say Garoppolo? You said Sherfield. <laughs> it's <Jesus>. late. It's late. <laughs> Thank you for catching that. That that means you're listening to me. Trey Lance out there. with the, Even with the second unit offensive line, they get beat within two seconds. And yet this guy, I, I'll say this time and time again, everyone praises Mac Jones for his awareness within the pocket, his ability, his agility You know, to step up, step back step right, step left, and kind of just move the pocket based on the way it's being blocked. Trey Lance showed a lot of that during the the team practice there. And even though he was rolling out with the the second-team offensive line, he did his best ability to make him look like a first-team offensive line 
Because even if a, a if a tackle got beat, Trey Lance was able to, you know, get skinny, drive up in the pocket, find his target, and hit him. And the way he moves inside the pocket does not look like a rookie. The way he runs this offense in a practice does not look like a rookie. The only thing that makes him look like a rookie is when he's playing against defenses during games because now they're just showing you, you know, they show you two high. Next, you know, they switch it off the snap and now there's only one high or they're showing you one high and then they snap it and now you got two high. So that's things you learn in the game. And and those situations, that's when Trey Lance looks like a rookie, but and he does not look like a rookie running seven on sevens. He doesn't look like a rookie running 11 on 11s in practice. The guy's just, man. It, it's basically what Steve Young says there. Like the the talents there, play them. This kid's only going to get better with game reps. It, it's not a playbook thing with Trey Lance, like it was with Patrick Mahomes' rookie year. Patrick Mahomes' rookie year came from an air raid offense in Texas Tech, where they do nothing yeah. to an uh, as far as like an NFL playbook level uh, responsibility. They do nothing in that air raid offense. Trey Lance was doing that at North at North Dakota State, where they had. NFL responsibilities, whether it's offensive line, running backs, wide receivers, all that was in the the North Dakota State offense. It just may have been different verbiage on certain plays or routes or whatever it may be, cadence. Uh, so Trey Lance is able to carry that over, and that's why he can be a year one starter compared to Patrick Mahomes. It, it's like me trying to go out there and learn Japanese and expect me to learn Japanese within, say, a month of time. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, and, then, and that's what happened with Mahomes with with uh, with Trey Lance. It's like if you're asking me to, you know, if you throw me somewhere in a Spanish speaking country and tell me to go pick up Spanish, yeah, I'll be able to do that. We we heard Kyle after OTAs, they got a full install in with Trey. The playbook install was done in those eight days, so we're not worried about the play calling. We have to worry mm-hmm. about what and what I, Trey sends pre and post snap. I bring that up because I feel like. That's what people are trying to like say about rookies. It's like, oh yeah, playbook, Kyle's playbook. That's not that's not the case here. Like the playbook isn't isn't gonna be uh, Trey Lance's Achilles on why he doesn't start week one. His Achilles is you know playing against NFL defenses and how he's able to not let that be his kryptonite. It's just by playing, <laughs> by playing. That's it. Yeah, and then that's why that's where you give Lance some of the gim- the Jimmy Gimmies as well. Mm-hmm. You have to. This is where you get paid for, Kyle. Scheme it up, give him some easy throws to get his confidence going, and then you go from there. Because Ten mil a year. You saw it against the Chargers. He struggled the first two series, and then boom. Hey, you know what? Let's run this two minute off and see how you do. Oh, okay. Forty five seconds. We score a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Because you gave him a couple. You gave him a couple gimme throws, and then in the red zone, you made him work through his progression and find some new for that touchdown, right? That's a, that's a Kyle Shanahan staple with what they ran. So it just, you have to play this kid. I think it's just, it's Kyle Shanahan, not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter. Maybe he's messing with all of us, right? Maybe he's just doing that. But what is that? What kind of message does that send to your quarterback? You're paying $26 million. I know Jimmy knows that his time is almost up in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you, you can't just kill the guy's confidence either. Right. Like you have to at least show that you have some type of backing for the guy at the very least before you kick him out the door. You know, you're in that QB one room, Colin, Colin, Trey walk in. Hey, Jimmy, get out. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of Mm -hmm. what it sounds like to me. So 
Do the Niners potentially have a problem on their hand, though, if they go with Jimmy Garoppolo? And let's say they're four and one, and you run into this situation like the Dolphins last year. Fitzpatrick was playing really well. You take him out for Tua. Say Jimmy's playing fairly decent, and then you want to take him out and put Lance in there. Like you can't, you can mess up the dynamic of a locker room. Oh yeah, and I think it's in. So let's real quick too. Steve Young brings it up again. I want to bring this up too. Steve Young again last Friday on the dynamic with Jimmy Garoppolo in the locker room. I, that's a, I mean, it's an easy comment, right? I mean, Boog's right. I mean, Jimmy's done that. But my point is, is that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took the offseason and said to themselves, what do we want to do with all these draft picks at quarterback? <laughs> well, let's pile them all into the future because we do not want the guy we have. You could not have spoken more clearly or loudly. So all I'm saying is, I heard you, and now Trey Lance is here, and now barring something unforeseen he needs to be on that field because why would you build the, the the jimmy has the locker room jimmy has a great start to the season it just gets more complicated and more difficult because you've got this guy that you've just told everyone we don't want you we want this guy you can't speak it any more loudly so I, look i get that no question that reason would say you've been to the super bowl keep playing and take us there again but the brain trust has said something completely opposite he's spitting spitting He's super spitting right now. It was so not to keep not to be a dead horse, but to me, the 49ers brain trust, as Steve Young put it, made it very clear they were not super committed to Jimmy Garoppolo after a Super Bowl appearance. You openly admit that you wanted Tom Brady. There was a few rumblings that you were interested in Dak Prescott. Right? You go mm-hmm. into the twenty twenty season. We all know about Kyle Shanahan's not-so-complimentary comments on Jimmy Garoppolo during practice. Remember how they said, well, he, you know, he looked good out there, and Kyle Shanahan's like, he should. He's playing against the same defense every day. <laughs> Anyone remember that one? I remember that one. I remember um, that one. You know, you get to this regular season. The injury happens. Yes, he played fairly decent against a bad Jets team. He looked horrible against the Cardinals week one. Injuries may have hampered some of his abilities later on throughout the season. But you saw the limitations. You saw how defense did not respect this guy. Right? You go into this offseason, Wentz, Stafford, Watson, Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, every available starting quarterback, the 49ers at least, at least made a phone call on. And then you trade all that you did for a quarterback. You're not sold on the guy that you have that you paid $137 million for. So, yes, you got to the Super Bowl. Yes, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays well and you still want to play the kid, how does that even look? Like the the just the di- just the the dynamic of that just seems like you're just asking for trouble in a locker room, you know? Granted there's some really good veterans on this team, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Fred Warner, probably keep everything, you know, super chill. But at the same time, you got it's got to be awkward. It's like funny, hey, funny you mention those names. It's got to be awkward. And you heard, you saw Kittle. He, he looked so uncomfortable answering any questions about the quarterback. Again, in the Chargers practices. So did the Niners mess up by keeping Garoppolo this offseason? Maybe. Um, is he a good insurance policy if Trey gets hurt? Absolutely. Is Trey a good insurance policy if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt? Absolutely. But at some point, you have to, you have to get this guy off the team. And I hate to sound like other people, like because I was fully on board with the idea of keeping Jimmy as an insurance plan or just riding this year out. But if Lance shows what he keeps showing, 
how do you how do you keep him on the bench? He yeah. can give you exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo gives you, plus the ability to move. Like, what Does, are you doing? I'm going to pose something else to you now. Does Kyle Shanahan even want Jimmy Garoppolo to win this competition? He no. had one series last week. He had, or I, I guess I could say week one, and then he had one series on Sunday. And yes, 15 play series, quite a bit. Kyle Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan himself stated post game that he didn't expect it to go that long. Um, but how did the series end? Did it end? Did he do a 15 plate series and in a field goal? 15 plate series end into a, a fumble by a running back? Um, did it end in, you know, a, a punt? Like, you know, you where they ran a lot of plays, but then ran into penalties that set them back and they weren't in field goal range anymore. No, it ended in an interception by the quarterback that was inaccurate. So instead of sending him out there again, which starting quarterbacks in week two have been playing a lot more than 15 yep. plays, that's not the max that these starting quarterbacks have been playing week two. So I would have thought Jimmy Garoppolo would have been out there for the second drive, but he wasn't. It. We all know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. Kyle's clearly saying that. And by not getting him out there for a second drive, I'm asking you, does Kyle Shanahan even want Jimmy Garoppolo to make this more competitive to potentially secure himself as QB1? No. There's no way Kyle Shanahan wants to start Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no way. I don't care what Kyle says. There's no way. Because you're calling this super conservative game plan with a guy that, you know, you paid him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You should be able to say, hey, Jim, let's take, let's take a couple shots on these guys. Let's see what we got, right? But no, we've seen that in practice because when we ask you to do those things, you throw an interception in practice. We ask you to throw a three-yard out in the red zone, you throw an interception. The inconsistencies continue since 2017 till now, and that's that's the biggest issue. I'd rather deal with the inconsistencies of a rookie with a high upside as opposed to the inconsistencies of Jimmy Garoppolo with where we've reached his ceiling. Like this is, this is his ceiling. This is who Jimmy Garoppolo is. This is who he's going to be. Someone I, I, I truly respect in, in, in the NFL. He's like, guys don't physically get better. They mentally get better. Yes. If you've been in the league eight years, you should have been mentally better. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't gotten mentally better as a passer, right? Why is Tom Brady right. so successful? He does everything the same, he's no matter what. He's, he's not, not physically, physically gifted. gifted. He has a great arm, underrated arm. Outside of that, he's not very physically gifted. But he does everything the same. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Mentally, he is Einstein of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning wasn't super physically gifted. Einstein of the NFL. He could just shred you apart. Jimmy Garoppolo's been in the league eight years, and you're still making these same mental mistakes. Still making these errors in your delivery, in your dropbacks, in your footwork. So many inconsistencies. When you have guys wide open, why are you throwing it above their head? Put it in their hands so they don't have to make a great catch. Just make it. It's pitch and catch. Kyle gives you the Jimmy gimmies. Pitch and catch. Throw it to their hands, not above their head, exposing their ribs, asking for guys to get injured. I mean, we saw it week one against the Cardinals. George Kittle yep. catching a screen, 
five yards above his head, and then he gets his knees taken out. What other quarterback does that? How incapable are you of being accurate? Completion percentage versus accuracy are two different things. And the, it, oh, PFF had a really good number. And again, PFF is not the Bible. I, I, I prefer <laughs> when they like break down these little tidbits than I like this one. when they have their overall numbers. So just, just as yesterday's game, um, PFF graded um, Jimmy Garoppolo at 38.2, Trey Lance at 67.9, adjusted completion percentage. Jimmy Garoppolo, 50%. Trey Lance, 84.6. Mm. Mm. Case closed. They've also uh, stated that Trey Lance had would-be completions. Uh, seven of them were actually dropped. Taylor Worth from uh, NBC Bay Area said, through two preseason games, Trey Lance is 13 of 28, passing 46%. If these passes were caught, he'd be 20 of 28 at 71%. That's a big difference there. Yeah. That's a big difference there. And and I think you you will see that difference when he's out there with the first team online, when he's out there with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, but then being out there with them on a regular basis to where they're more used to catching his missiles not half of his missiles with half of Jimmy Garoppolo's passes, but also something that, that you said caught my my attention was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo th- throwing that three yard out to George Kittle in the practice to Jaron James. Uh, the video that went viral uh, basically all over the internet, whether if they gave me credit for the video or not, you know, here, I'm not going to make that argument right now at this point. But it was to the point where Jimmy Garoppolo just looked, just stared. George Kittle down, which it's a known tendency of Jimmy Garoppolo to stare somebody down. He's done it in 2019 in that magical game. You go back and I I tend to go back to that Minnesota Vikings game a lot because he didn't play well. And I was physically in, in Levi stadium watching him play. And Michael Kendricks, an elite middle linebacker ate up Jimmy Garoppolo ate him up because Jimmy Garoppolo just kept staring down his targets. And obviously 2019, we're talking about a lot of those attempts were in the middle of the field where Eric Kendricks stays at. And, you know, that's his zone that, or whether if he's playing man and with Trey Lance at his second touchdown to Travis Benjamin, if you go back and, and rewatch that Travis Trey Lance starts by looking to his left why does he look to his left? Because he's holding the inside linebacker. Because Trey Lance understands that Travis Benjamin is going to come on a slant route and be open. So Trey Lance is looking to his left, holding the inside linebacker, makes a quick snap towards the middle of the field, and throws the dart. This is a rookie we're talking about. It, he's not staring Travis Benjamin on his slant route and then forcing the throw like Jimmy Garoppolo has done in the past. Once again, I feel like I have to state it. I'm not trying to slander Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just spent (laughs) two practices watching the two guys, and then I spent the game watching the two guys. And it's very clear to me that Trey Lance is ready. So now I'm just more Trey Lance than I ever was because he's ready. Um, Trey Lance didn't stare down Travis Benjamin. 
he held the inside linebacker, quick snap to the middle of the field, and threw that ball on a missile, on a rope. I literally, I dried my clothes. You know, I, I took him out the washer, oh, set him up. That missile throw dried my clothes. He threw it on a rope. Great. Beautiful. Oh, my God. And this is a rookie who hasn't played in a year that everybody talks about. And, you know, t- so to, uh, I guess, play this down the middle as much as possible, the nitpicks on Trey is, all right, bro, you don't have to throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball all the time. Yes. Right. This it's is where the, the Kaepernick, it's back to the Colin Kaepernick thing. Yep. Yeah. This is where the Kaepernick comparison comes in. He doesn't have people say he doesn't have an off speed pitch, but he does because, you know, a couple plays before the touchdown of Benjamin, he has the Kyle Shanahan special. The boot action with the the leak out with uh, Richie James comes across. And the level of difficulty of the throw is Trey has to go throw across his body, yep. running to his left to make this throw, and it's and it's perfect ball. Richie James caught it. Feels great, baby. Good job, Richie. But that throw was, you know, what you want to see out of your rookie quarterback. Hey, look, hey, we're going to get you on the move here. We have a moving target. I think that's the biggest thing. The guy is moving with you, so you have to put that ball in a certain spot for only your wide receiver can get it. So Richie James making that play is ideal, and and Trey Lance showing the touch and the ability to throw that ball off of the boot action. You know, it's just – Real quick, I put out there on Twitter that Trey Lance is a high-volume passer, and I just want to clarify Correct. that. He's missed quite a few football games. Um, you know, he didn't have all that that last year at North Dakota State, so it's been a while. And I'm at the belief to where the more attempts he's getting under his belt in game action, the more ready he's getting. And I, I have seen a big difference between, you know, the two games and his accuracy once he does does get more reps, more reps, more reps. And, and I think that's something that can change over time. I don't I don't think he'll always be a high volume passer. And, and kind of what I was relating that to is, uh, say, a basketball player. They it, they may miss their first three shots, but once they see that ball go in the bucket it's you know, it's just draining in the bucket. And that's what we saw this preseason game against the Chargers to where he, he had the inaccurate passes early. And then next, you know, he, he was just in his bag at that point, And he's a high volume passer because he needs the reps at the moment without the reps. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of passes, a lot of attempts from Trey Lance to, to, you know, end up being in his bag. I agree. He's going to be, he's a, he's going to be a rhythm passer early on in his yep. career. He needs to be a rhythm passer and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's where, Again, comes back to Kyle Shanahan. You get paid to More call than plays. Lance. You get paid to call plays. So help your guy out. And that applies to Jimmy Garoppolo too. Help your guy out. Um, but you see the abilities of Trey Lance, and I think you saw it on both touchdown drives. The missile to Travis Benjamin. Like, yes, they're like, oh, sometimes he puts too much heat on it. That is the time when you need to put the heat on it. He put it between the linebacker that he looked off and the trailing corner to put it right on Travis Benjamin in stride where the ball is supposed to be between the numbers touchdown for the 49ers. They go up 15, nothing and they don't look back. You know, I'm not going to be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo starts week one, but I'm also not going to be surprised if Trey Lance starts week one either. And Kyle is leaving that door wide open for that to happen. Um, I just don't know what this team does the quarterback position you know how do you manage it and i'm glad i'm not the one having to manage it i'm glad i'm not the one 
managing it either because you're now two different people from two different spectrums, probably in that same building as well. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough call there. Yeah, and, and it doesn't help that people that are close to the situation, like the Matt Mayokas of the world, recently on their own on the Forty Nineers Talk podcast, mm-hmm. kind of insinuated kind of the same things we've been talking about that this isn't this is closer than it appears. And we have three weeks before mm-hmm. Kyle has to make a decision. You have this week of practice, the Raiders preseason game, and then you have the week before the week of week one. So there's still plenty of time for Trey to find that door, walk through it, and go take Jimmy Garoppolo's job. And I think he's capable of doing it, and I think Kyle Shanahan wants him to do it. And I think that's the biggest story here. Kyle kind of wants him to do it. Of course he does, though, right? You traded two first-round picks and you use your original first-rounder for this year to go ahead and get this kid. So you should want him to win. And you've seen the flashes. You know what he gives you. And it goes back to our other episode a couple weeks ago. Players will see it. Other teams are going to see it. I looked at other comments on the, from the Chargers. They're very complimentary of Trey Lance. Very complimentary of Trey Lance. Not so much Jimmy Garoppolo. So those things are interesting to me. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Because I do know the only thing I think with this team corner is gonna that's gonna have to play out all year. Something to watch this kicker position. Robbie Gold has missed or has made seventy eight percent of his kicks the last two years. He missed another extra point attempt. We might have a kicking problem. Oh, Just saying. Just saying. And it sounds like Chase McLaughlin's going to be the guy in uh, in Cleveland, so we're not going to have him to knock down a uh, game-time field goal to get them in uh, into OT. And uh, as long as it's not an OT, he seemed fine. But uh, yeah. in, in regular time, you know, he was he was money for the 49ers, especially on that Monday night football game. Or, or Vizcaino, who came on to the 49ers at the end of last season, Apparently he's in a kicking competition with the Chargers, so that that's something I found out while being there at the joint practices. Yeah, there is a there is something I want to talk about. It's uh, how do you feel about the future of Debo Samuel? He has two years left on his deal, his rookie deal. Like, what what do you think his what happens? Like, what do you think his ceiling is within this offense? Is is he wide receiver one still? Considering he left the practice on Friday early, yet he showed up on, you know, and suited up and played on Sunday quite a bit of, of uh, you know, snaps there. But is this just something we're going to have to deal with for the next two years of him being in and out of the lineup, essentially? Um. Yes and no. I mean, he's a physical. He's a physical receiver. Okay. Um, Does it I mean, concern you? Does it concern you? Yes, because the Niners have spent so much capital at wide receiver to still have wide receiver problems. <laughs> how many draft picks have they used and they still have wide receiver problems, right? Jalen Hurd, probably never going to play it down for the 49ers. Dante Pettis, complete whiff. Trent Taylor, no longer on the team. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, you traded for. He played, he gave you eight games. And the AJ playoffs. Jenkins. Oh, I'm, just, uh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong regime. You know, you look at Jawan yeah. Jennings. Can he give you something? Hopefully. Kendrick Bourne was an undrafted free agent's find. Um, Trent Sherfield, cool. Brandon Ayuk is going to be a star, absolute stud. So, yeah, I am concerned about Debo in the long term. Do I think the Niners re-sign him? I think that's kind of what you're asking me. 
I think you'd have to we consider don't have to go there it. Yeah, we don't have to go there yet. Oh, okay. Well, I, I know my belief. Today, I know my belief. As of today, I don't think you offer him a large extension. Mm-mm. I think you offer him something short term to protect Mm-mm. yourself and also give him some type of ability to prove it. Like, hey, stay healthy for a little bit longer and we'll see where we can go from here. Um, now, the glute issue didn't seem like a big deal. He was out there playing. He had he made a reception or he had a reception. Excuse me. He looked fine running his routes based on the tape that I have here. Um, so there's no hiccups there. But you got to protect that kid. So let him ease him back in slowly because you know he's going to get some the tight hamstrings. You know he's going to have some of those issues in his soft tissue stuff. So it's somewhat of a concern. But if Trent Sherfield can be this guy that we all that we kind of think he is, right? Then maybe we're okay. So and then Juwan Jennings didn't play on Sunday, so I think he's locked up his roster spot. So. And then another thing I want to ask you is true or false? Um, you know, predict the future here. Dan- Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks said the 49ers D line is very impressive. They are going to be able to trade guys instead of cutting them. Do you think they trade anyone? And, you know, do you have any names that you think they could trade? So I was thinking about this earlier too. Um, who do they trade? I mean, you're not trading Kinlaw, you're not trading Armstead. Obviously, Bosa stays. D. Ford stays. Um, DJ Jones stays. Dorian, you know, could could you trade a, a Darian Daniels? Probably not. Could you trade Arden Key? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, I think teams are going to look to wait wait this out, see who the Niners cut, and pick them off. Mm-hmm. Could you trade a Zach Kerr? I don't want to, but could you potentially? Right? Yeah, that's that's a possibility. Um, because the Jets are the Jets are a team that's been looking for. Defensive line help. Other teams are still looking for defensive line help. The Niners have a good problem. They got, what, 12, 13 guys that could start anywhere in the league. That's a good problem. Can you trade Mohurst? Probably not now. He's a high ankle sprain. I don't think there's anyone you can trade and get any type of significant value from. I think teams will probably wait to see who they cut. And we'll find out tomorrow. By the time you're hearing this, they should have been cuts. Another five players uh, from 85 down to 80. So we'll see who gets cut from that list. And maybe one of those guys get picked up somewhere else. But I don't, I don't think the Niners have any real tradable pieces that are going to bring you back some significant capital. No. And, and there's also something uh, something I want to say is like McGlinchey, this was a good week for him. This was a good week from him. He was able to go up against Joey Bosa. Obviously, he lost some reps. Obviously, he got dominated on some. But I think this is going to be a, a bounce back week or excuse me, bounce back year for Mike McGlinchey. He's someone that got ridiculed probably, probably more than what he should have been last season because um, he was still a phenomenal run blocker. Obviously, his pass blocking woes were highlighted, highlighted at the end of the game, which is not key you know, for a team that's trying to get into a winning position for a game. But I, I truly think this guy's going to have a, a, a lot better season as a pass blocker and he he's definitely hasn't reached his potential going into, you know, his fourth season. Uh, we'll see what happens with Mike McClinchy. What What's your stock on him? Uh, with Mike, I think stock up, I'm going to go with stock up on him. You know, this mm-hmm. is, he got his fifth year option picked up. You know, he's looking for an extension. I don't think the Niners would ever move off of him if they didn't, you know, if he wasn't competent, like if he was, if he looked like, Jordan Devy out there, then he wouldn't be here, right? 
So no, I think I think McGlinchey probably ends up being an eight, nine, ten year starter for the 49ers. And I think they I think they will extend him. I think this year is big for him. Mm-hmm. But I also think if he plays even in the middle of the road, they're still going to extend him because it's hard to find left and right tackles. The Niners don't have first round picks in the next couple of years. You find solid left and right tackles in the first round. Occasionally, you run into a Trent Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you run into a Jalen Moore who's played pretty good yesterday based on what I've seen on the film. He looked really good. So that's another late round find for the 49ers if he can play consistently like that. So you might, they might hope for him to play the left and right tackle swing spot this year. So, no, I think I think Mike Mike stock is up. He looks the part. He looks to be much better mentally. He did mention that COVID kind of messed him up, you know, not having his routine, being able to go to the facilities and train a certain way, gain some weight. He looks stronger. You know, he was anchoring really well in yesterday's game. So, yeah, stock is up on Mike McGlinchey. I'm, I'm all in. Perfect. Let's let's talk about somebody else who's had a, a little bit of stock up. Kyle Shanahan said that rookie safety Talano Hufanga is definitely giving himself an opportunity to compete for the week one strong safety role. He He's obviously looked great in preseason games. He actually looked really good to me in practices. I was kind of shocked how well he looked running uh, one-on-ones versus tight ends. He was able to undercut the route. He he obviously doesn't play with speed. He plays with his awareness and you know his, his ability to just see the play happen before it actually does. So where he's in a, it's been Tavon Wilson who's been running with the starters lately, but he's been a little nicked up and he hasn't looked as the Tavon Wilson that was fresh when camp started. The quarterback competition is not the only one going on right now. Strong safety is, too, the way Hufanga's playing out there, similar to Trey Lance. Do you have a week one starter at strong safety? Like, do you have, like, a preference? Like, what what are you doing here? My preference would be Kwaski Tart. Yes. You know, that's the obvious preference. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat crow here. Hufanga looks much better than I evaluated him at. He looks much better. Mm-hmm. So... If he starts week one, great. I still think the Niners look at strong safety in next year's draft, right? I'm still on that wagon. But if right. he gives you anything, then yeah, it's another late round find. It's another guy that, shout out to Adam Peters and John Lynch and the scouting staff for, for identifying this guy and getting in here. He looks he looks the part. He's he's an effort guy. He's around the ball. I think, I think the first player on defense, he's in the backfield. He basically takes the handoff from... From Easton Stick, essentially, right? You know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, if he starts week one, cool. It's Detroit. Detroit doesn't scare me in the past game. It's Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Where I would worry is week three, Aaron Rodgers is a different animal. This is where you'd want to have a Kwaski Tart out there with experience. Mm-hmm. Week one and two, Goff, not worried about him. Jalen Hurts, not worried about him. Week three, you could see a Robert Tanyan versus Hufanga type of mismatch situation and, and Aaron Rodgers manipulates his safeties the way he does, you can run into a lot of trouble. So right now he looks really good. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it on pause. Like I'm gonna put him right I'm right in the middle. It's on pause, but I'd rather have Kwaski start if he's healthy. Uh here here's another one, you know, staying on the rookie. Diamador Lenore, he has been targeted six times this preseason and has a passer rating allowed of 
zero. Um, the rookie has been phenomenal. The second corner that was taken in the draft, first corner obviously was Ambry Thomas, who hasn't looked the part as D'Amador Lenore has. I know, I, like on our first podcast episode, we were talking about Ambry Thomas mm-hmm. becoming the cornerback too. Is is there a real shot for D'Amador Lenore to be a cornerback too? Here in this, you know, this year, say the first quarter of the season, because uh, Emmanuel Mosley does seem like a guy who does get nicked up quite a bit. He was was not practicing out there during the joint practices, and it does is Lenore kind of just putting his like I I personally don't have him as an NFL starter yet. Yeah, but the guy's just taking steps, taking steps, taking steps to where he may be ready sooner than I thought he would be. Yeah, I mean, stock is up. Diamond and Lenore is what Ambry Thomas was supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of where we are with both these corners. Again, mm-hmm. another late round find for the 49ers. Shout out, shout out again to their scouting department. Um, the hope is to have Emmanuel Millsley healthy, right? He, had the, he was on COVID. I want to say now it's the hamstring. So again, you're right. He gets nicked up. You know, the Niners are one serious cornerback injury away from being a really, really bad secondary. So uh, you hope D'Amador Lenore can um, solidify cornerback three role, cornerback two, you know, 2A type of play. Six targets, zero receptions. I mean, the one <laughs> the one where he had the interception, he got, his, he got beat pretty bad. He still got the interception because of the tip, but, you know, there's there's still room for improvement for him. And yes, he should have an opportunity to play. It's just um, just with some of the film on him so far. You know, he's he's getting really, he's physical. He's jamming at the line. He's playing really. He's playing bigger than what he is. I think that's a plus here. So I would, I'm gonna give him again. Stock is up on him. You have to, you got to see this out. He's gonna make the roster. Just change that ugly number. Thirty eight will be all right. <laughs> ugly number thirty eight. Yeah, uh, I will say this about Ambry Thomas. Uh, early on throughout the process, like watching him in the practice, <clears throat> he does remind me of Akilo Witherspoon only in this way, to where he's close, like he's in good position, but still gets beat. A lot of Akilo Witherspoon, you know, previous years, he was in good position, but he still got beat. Uh, so, hey, Ambry Thomas is in good position. Hopefully he could just, you know, execute on being in good position and, and he, you know, could still bounce back from a not so impressive camp or preseason so far. Uh, lastly, I'm going to go ahead and ask you this. Is it worth throwing Jalen Hurd on the pub list? I guess we could say, is it like, is it worth it or, or do we just, uh, as in your terms, determine this salvage? Oh man. It's just, you know, it's going to, you know, what's going to piss me off is right. He's going to, the Niners will cut him, and then he's going to go to the Seahawks, and somehow they give him like some really, you had you had thirty other teams to name hobby. Like come well, on. you know how this goes. You know how this goes. <laughs> like Pete Carroll puts some you know holy water on his knees, and he's good to go. And he will get fifteen. They'll get fifteen games out of the guy and be able to utilize him the way Kyle Shanahan had hoped. But I mean, they invested the third round pick on him. Again, this goes back to investing so many picks and wide receivers and really only having one because you only have one, and that's Brandon Ayuk. Like, you have one for sure potential star. 
and that's Ayuk. Debo's really he's close, but he's not there because of the injury concerns. But with Hurd, you put him on pup. I get. I mean, you might as well. You've invested this much time in him. If he can come through and give you six, seven games down the stretch, then you know, then it might be worth it. So, and the Niners already, you know, they already budgeted for this, so they're not losing right. anything or gaining anything by having having him gone. So yeah, I mean, I guess you can put him on pup. Bring him back by week six and see where you're at. And that week six is a bye week, so he would be able to come back for that week seven game against the Colts. Yeah, I personally would. <sighs> see, like this is where my fandom still takes over me, and my fandom wants to see Jalen Hurd out there in a Kyle Shanahan offense with with Trey Lance at quarterback. Can I say that? With with Trey Lance at quarterback, with Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> with George Kittle, with Debo Samuel. Like my fandom really 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 wants to see that um so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and take the l to my fandom here and say yeah throw jalen hurd on the pup list you try to have every opportunity to get this guy out there healthy uh just do it as soon as possible because he wasn't out there for for chargers uh week because he was rehabbing um let the guy rehab throw him on the on the pup list and and you know see if you get him out there for the colts game if not, then yeah, there's probably bigger injuries or bigger issues by then. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I think the Niners are probably watching these cut lists. See what wide receivers get cut. See who's out there. Corners and corners. corners get <laughs> yeah, corners and wide receivers. So hopefully they figure it out. Um, any more stock up or stock down on your list, Leo? Michael Kendrick, someone that I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, I'm kind we of. Shouldn't talk about a, stocks. A little... We shouldn't. We shouldn't put stocks and Michael Kendricks in the same sentence. Damn, you got me there. You got me there. Yeah, well, since we're talking about stocks and Michael Kendricks, then yeah, he's I think he's gone. I think he gets cut. Yeah, I wouldn't I didn't I didn't put too much into that except for the dollar amount that they gave him. But other than that, he he's good to go. Um Also, shout out I I put zero stock in these in the top 100s, but shout out our boy Fred Warner getting 21st. Still low, but whatever. He's a top yeah. 15 talent to my opinion. Top- Whatever. Top quarter, top quarter of the NFL. That works. That's fair, I guess. Fred Warner is the best linebacker in football. It's not for debate. If you have a debate, just argue with a wall. I'm not hearing any of it. Um, Fred is the best linebacker in football. Um, like George Kittle said, if you don't come prepared, he's going to eat your lunch uh, when it comes to Fred Warner. <laughs> uh, but that should do it for this week. As always, this is the oh, hey there. podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Niners Nation. And then follow me on Twitter at Javier Vague, under, Javier Vague underscore and my guy Leo here at Leo Luna 93. And then make sure you check out everything at NinersNation.com, all the podcast shots, all the guys at Niners Nation doing a great job with content. They're going to keep you in the loop the rest of the way for preseason. One more game. And we are three weeks away from the opening kickoff. Uh, Niners and Detroit coming up very very soon preseason has flown by offseason finally almost over we're almost back to football baby but uh until then everyone stay safe peace